So I'm going to take the scripture this morning. Um, the, the topic is going to be the Emmaus Road. Um, and there's, there's, a, there's a number of reasons that, that I'm kind of drawn to this. And I think there's a lot of lessons we can learn from this portion of scripture. So um, those of you that want to kind of follow along in your Bible, it's, this is Luke 24. Um, we'll begin at verse 13. Um, and I, I think there's really a lot of lessons that we can learn from the Emmaus Road um, as we go through this. Um, we're very familiar with the story. Um, after his resurrection, Jesus had appeared to, to Mary, Magdalene, the other women, then to Peter. And then the next people that we find him interacting with um, are these two disciples that we really know, don't know anything about other than that they were on this road. And so in, in Luke 24, verse 13, we find, uh, and behold, two of them that went the same day to a village called Emmaus, which was from Jerusalem, about three score furlongs, or it's about seven miles. Um, they talked together of all these things which had happened, and it came to pass that while they were communed together and reasoned, Jesus himself drew near and went to them. But their eyes were holding that they should not know him. And he said to them, what manner of communication are these that you have one to another? As you walk and are sad, and one of them, whose name was Cleophas, answering him, said unto him, Art thou only a stranger in Jerusalem, and hast not known the things which come to pass there these days? And he said unto them, What things? And they said to him, Concerning Jesus of Nazareth, which was a prophet mighty indeed and in word before God and all the people. Now the chief priests and our rulers delivered him to be condemned to death and crucified him, but we trusted that it had been him, or had been he which should have redeemed Israel. And besides all this, Today is the third day since these things were done. So we see that these men had, had lost hope. Even after all the time they had listened to Jesus' teaching and had sat at his feet, um, they had lost hope. Um, but this thought process was really misguided. Um, it was misguided because they, they trusted that it had been Jesus which would have redeemed Israel, meaning they thought Jesus' mission was to get the Jews out from underneath the Roman rule. They were expecting a king and to set them free and Despite their confusion, we see Jesus in his mercy chose to engage these two hopeless disciples, and um, he didn't go to the 11 um, that he had chosen out. He didn't appear to the Jewish council who had condemned him. He didn't appear to Pilate who tried to wash his hands of all this, but he instead appeared to the two men who were in very much despair over what they had seen. Um, and as they walked along, these men explained to Jesus that some women had claimed to, to have seen this angelic encounter, and they found the tomb empty and and also been confirmed by other disciples. And, and Jesus said to them, he, he told them that they were fools in verses 25 to 27. Um, and he began at Moses and all the prophets, he expounded to them the scripture. And we find that when he reached the destination, Jesus kind of acted like he was going to continue on. He was going to keep going. And if the two men constrained him because it was growing late and he agreed to sit down with them. And it was then that their eyes were open to who their traveling companion had been. Um, and so when we think about this, when we're struggling in a situation, do we constrain Christ? Do we go to him, you know, in prayer? Do we go to him and study his word to understand um, really what's going on? Um, what would have happened here if the disciples hadn't have asked Christ to stay? What would have happened if they had just kind of went on their own way and, and let him just continue on? And we know in, in verses 30 to 35, it, it talks, down, talks about when he sat down with them at meat, that then their eyes were opened. And so while their hearts might have burned within them as Jesus expounded the scriptures, it was that intimate act of breaking bread with them that opened their eyes. And, and so I think really when we're alone with God and we diligently seek him, that's when he kind of opens his heart to us. You know, keep in mind that this event happened really at the darkest moment 
um, in world history and the darkest moment in these men's minds. Um, God's chosen people were oppressed. Jesus had been wrongfully charged. Um, and it, and it, even though it was kind of a remarkable prophetic time, many who should have known didn't see it. They were kind of clueless. Um, and I think we can apply that today. There's times in our lives when we find ourselves, you know, kind of walking through thinking that things were going to be different. Um, and we find ourselves struggling to maintain that hope. Um, and we think about it. <clears throat> here these disciples were leaving Jerusalem. They were either going home or going back to their jobs. Um, and it was just at that hour of need that Jesus showed up and met them. And we noticed that as they walked along, he didn't interrupt them and he didn't sort of take away their fears. He let them struggle. And I, I think for us, there is good that comes out of struggle. And we, you know, when we kind of struggle through something, God doesn't leave us hopeless, but he allows us to kind of go through the pain to help our faith, to help our understanding. Um, so let's kind of keep in mind that God's walking with us um, no matter where we are. He said he would never leave us. Um, Yet, these two dejected disciples, um, we sometimes also get to thinking, I I thought God was going to redeem us. Why does he make us go through this? Um, But then I think we should look at the reaction of those disciples when they realized who the traveling companion was. It it sort of flipped the switch in their mind. They immediately started back to Jerusalem. So the hour was late, and they took this seven-mile journey, which was probably a two- to three-hour walk, and they went back to tell the others. Um. You know, they kind of went back into real life. They went back to share what God had done. Um, when they reached Jerusalem, they tried to explain what had happened. And I, I don't know about you, but can you imagine what it would have been like to show up to the leaven and those gathered with them and, and say, you know, here's what we saw? They, they, they probably couldn't get the words out. How do you describe what just happened? Um, but I find it so interesting. As they started out and as they started to speak, Jesus showed up miraculously, and in verses 36 to 45, we read about that, where Jesus appeared in the middle of the room, and he said, peace be unto you. And he took over the conversation and began to explain to the rest of the 11 what had happened. So, you know, sometimes I think we have to step out in faith. Um, We may not understand what God's really doing in our lives. We may not understand the reason for the pain we're going through. Um, But when we can give him all things, when we can allow his peace to guide our thoughts, it's then that we can really begin to communicate his love and devotion and his mercy toward us. So, you know, it's, it's really like when we get off the Emmaus Road, when we get out of that place of despair, um, it can really seem awkward. How do we explain this? To, how do we tell someone what happened? How do we explain what just went on? But, you know, it's in those times that Jesus really shows up and makes himself known. Um, he didn't just casually show up. He came in full magnificence and full power. And again, he's probably not going to walk into the middle of the room but I do think he'll fill us with his Holy Spirit. I do think he will give us that confidence and and he'll get the words right, even when it doesn't feel quite right. Um, So let me ask this. I, you know, where are you today? Um, In a group this size, I, you know, we're all here to pray and I'd like to think that all of us are, are fully saved. I, I don't know who else will hear the message, but you know, if we're lost in sin and need a savior, we need to come to the cross, um, acknowledge sin, receive the blessing of life. Maybe we're on the Emmaus Road. Um, it looks different for all of us. We may be struggling with something. There may be some despair. We may not like the circumstances we're in in life. But I just encourage it, all of us to take courage um, and continue pressing toward God, confidently knowing that he will break through, just as he did for those two disciples. We might have to struggle. It might not come today or tomorrow, 
Um, we may not get the answer we want. It may come in some different way. Um, but let's just understand that, that God's going to help us. And it's, it's not wrong to be on the Emmaus Road. We, we just don't want to stay there too long. We just don't want to stay in that, that place of despair. And, and when, we, when we come off the Emmaus Road, do we go immediately back into Jerusalem? Do we go tell what's happened? Oh, maybe we don't use the words, but do we show it in our life? Is there a peace and contentment? Is there hope at what we do? Um, you know, God didn't make a mistake. He didn't, things didn't just hap, haphazardly show up in our lives. He is orchestrating all things for our good. I mean, sure, we can get into sin and it can cause us to have a lot of pain. But if we're walking in Christ, these struggles are really there for a purpose. And so I think as, as we kind of conclude here this morning, um, let's, be, let's be confident in this fact Jesus is coming back. Let's not despair about the events of today. Let's, let's take courage. Let's have an urgency for the gospel. But most of all, let's have a great hope in the unending mercy, goodness, and love of our glorious God.